0: of on the same page with jen and nancy do you see how you, i learned, you it? learned the name of I our learned. podcast it only
1: took seven episodes oh, you took me by surprise that was exciting I shocking what's going on how are you today i'm really good i have um, a symbol of success and sophistication to share with you get out get out i'm so excited tell tell a couple of weeks ago i was at the atwater market with joe and we bought a snack and sat on a bench in the sunshine. And we were enjoying this beautiful moment together. And then she almost knocked a can of Brio over into my lap. But the other thing that was in my lap was my glasses. And I jumped up and they hit the cement. And I've only owned them for since January. And so I've been walking around feeling headachey and nauseous for like a couple weeks because I spent seven hundred dollars on these glasses but there's like little
0: oh they got scratched yeah
1: so i've lived like this for a couple weeks i don't know why because it's just how i'm used to being like oh i guess i don't deserve nice glasses that i can actually see out of and then it occurred to me that i'm going to greece right next week i'm Mm -hmm. so excited and um, way to slip that in there yeah yeah trying to find ways to mention it at as much as possible yeah, yeah. yeah including when i called Uh, lens shutters (laughs) and I was like I don't know because I didn't actually pay attention but when I bought these glasses was there any coverage for like dumb dumb mistakes and she was like oh ha ha ha, let me check and I was like because I'm going to Greece next week (laughs) (laughs) and uh my lenses are covered even if I'm the one who I know I didn't know that
0: could have just asked me I'm here to serve you in all sorts of of manners and fashions I should
1: have called you
0: so Mine, then, I think, are covered for two years, and I feel bad how often I take advantage of it because, on the topic of sophistication, I am constantly throwing my glasses in my purse with my keys and money, and they get scratched. And sometimes they get scratched really badly. Yeah. And I'm I go back sometimes with two pairs. She's like, no problem, brand new lenses. Like it's, it's just so incredible. Excited.
1: And then she was like, Did you say you're going away? And I was like, Yes, I'm going to Greece. On Thursday, and so she said, "Okay, you know, Miss Chapman, I'll shouldn't say you know, Miss Chapman." She <laughs> actually spoke quite eloquently, like a grown-up. Uh, anyway, she said she'd put a rush on it, and I would definitely have them before my trip, so I didn't have to, you know, feel like an unsophisticated weirdo trying yes. to peek through the parts of my lenses that aren't chipped and scratched. And no, so. it's it's
0: bad, even especially when you've only had them for a few months. I have some that are like it's weird because I it's psychosomatic because I have some some Tom Ford's sunglasses prescription that are like seven years old and they're just like beat to shit but when I put them on I don't care it's like I don't even notice also their sunglasses but it's like I don't even notice the scratches really but something that's like only a few months old six months old I get so mad I feel like shameful I feel ashamed that my glasses are like that like we we're talking about before like like I can't take care of glasses. Yeah, that's why I felt like, yeah. well,
1: if you're like <laughs> nobody else, like a, else has like a mean glasses. parent, yeah, you know, a shitty parent to their kid, like, well, if you're going to scratch your glasses, <laughs> you don't deserve to have nice <laughs> ones that you can actually. You made see. your bed.
0: Yeah. Now try to see through them. See through it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I felt anyway. So I hung up and I felt so proud of myself. And but I was like, who's going to care?
0: And then I, I remembered
1: Nancy. Nancy will care that I felt like such a grown up. Like that's right uh-huh <laughs> insurance i'm gonna wear glasses look at me skirt. adulting yeah so that's my sophisticated moment of the week
0: what yeah. is going on in greece tell, tell me about this trip i'm it's like i feel like i'm hearing about it for the first time
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're such a liar we are gonna fly into athens and then no first of all joanne decided that we're not flying direct but we're doing a stopover in amsterdam for because fifteen hours.
0: Because she likes the Amsterdam airport.
1: Whoa, well, no! She's decided we're going to see all of Amsterdam Ugh. in those fifteen hours. And keep in mind, to, I think to us it's going to be like two in the morning.
0: Hashtag FML.
1: Like I don't even sleep. Oh, on I'm sorry. Planes. That's
0: hashtag FYL.
1: <laughs> wouldn't, oh,
0: yeah. wouldn't want to be yeah.
1: Joe. So, I was like, actually, we're thinking? flying KLM, but. I missed your hashtag. Uh, yeah. So she's like, we can go see the red light district and Anne Frank's house and like the canals and this (laughs) not the other thing. And I'm
0: like, having not slept. I do one thing a day. So I would need like three days in Amsterdam. I said,
1: can we go to Anne Frank's house and then like go have a good cry in a Dutch beer and then go back to the airport and curl up at our gate and sleep in a chair? Plus you're gonna have to figure out how to get,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's super complicated, but you have to figure out how to get from the Amsterdam airport into Amsterdam. Usually you would want to take a train to save money or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. And it's time consuming also.
1: Uh, and there's like maybe a language issue. Big Dutch speaker, Joanne. should hope so. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. We're going to have this little adventure. And then we're flying to Athens and arriving there at some ungodly hour in the morning. Like two or something, like three. We're going to be there for a couple of days. And then we are taking the ferry to Amorgos uh, and we'll get there at two in the morning or three in the morning and our Airbnb guy is really sweet because he's arranging for someone to pick us up which is amazing I love it when they do that Wow, I didn't even know they would then after that I'm not sure I think we're going to Naxos and maybe to the same island that you're planning is it Paros yes Paros because
0: I too I'm going to Greece.
1: Yeah, but my trip's first.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. I'm not going to steal your thunder. Um, We have plenty of episodes ahead to talk about my trip to Greece.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of had like a couple of things. Like we knew for sure we were going to Amorgo's and then we were just like, we'll kind of let the other stuff unfold as we go. So that's what we're doing. But um, Joe was like, I don't know if we should stay there for too long because you might get bored. But I was like, no. I'm going to be okay. I just want to go... Like, watch Greek grass grow and smell ocean air and, like, observe dung beetles rolling poop. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know I want... I just want to...
0: I'm doing a, a week in Amargos with, like, 15 other women at, at, like, part of a retreat. And then I'm doing a week on Paros completely alone.
1: Oh, cool.
0: And after the sailing trip... So I was gone kind of a week, and it felt like a long time, actually, to be away from my family... And one of the reasons that I booked a week in Paros was the flight's long. And I, I find the flight long without, without the, 15 the 15 hours, hours in Amsterdam, Amsterdam. I'm flying direct. Mm-hmm. But I fly direct. And then I have to catch a hopper to Naxos. And then I have to catch a ferry to Amargos. Mm-hmm. So, and that's all in a 36-hour period. It feels like a lot. And then I was like, this seems like a long way to go for just a week. Yeah. And then after the sailing trip, I was like, maybe two weeks is a bit long to be gone. Especially since Renault told me when I got home that the house is so much cleaner when I'm not here. But
1: I thought we cleared that up.
0: We did because I told him it was you. Yeah. And I was making some almond bread the other day. I think I sent you a picture.
1: Yeah, the flour. You know, all put it on the, the
0: Instagram and it was like massive flour explosion. And I took a picture and I sent it to him and I said, Jen, stop by this morning. <laughs> Yes. But I do feel like I might not want to be. Well, my first thought was maybe I shouldn't go away for too long because then they might realize like they can get by just fine without me. I don't want them to feel like that. And then I was like back to the dung beetle thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. I will just sit and find a way to get through a week by myself sitting on the beach. Yeah.
1: I'm jealous of that. It is a long trip. I think in Joanne's defense, which I don't. Like to do very often. I do though. In her defense, I think that's what she was trying to like break up the trip a little bit. Yeah, by and stopping and yeah. In-
0: and if you are stopping in Amsterdam, why not go see Anne Frank's place of residence, mm-hmm. place of hiding? Super sad. So on that note, I agree with her. Like to see something, but trying to pack in too much. I'll talk to her. I'll, 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 I'll message her. I'll work this out for you.
1: Maybe I'll just drag out Anne Frank's house as long as <laughs> I can. Just like no, I just need to be in her space. And like super good
0: European espresso. I was sitting at Dutch cafe. Super fun.
1: I am excited about the prospects of going to Anne Frank's house, though I have to tell you that when I was a kid and I read her diary, I read it over and over and over again, and I just wept and wept. I know. Super sad. So it would be pretty interesting just to be.
0: It's just amazing. I remember I was in Mexico City when I was like, I, I was about 19 and I went to see Frida Kahlo's art studio I mean it's just incredible to to, to see it it's so much different you're standing than, you're like this is the space this where this it. happened like yeah. whether it's something
1: tragic or beautiful or inspiring yeah. it's just well I told you before and I probably told our listeners too just because I talk about these things but like even when I go to an antique store sometimes I get like emotionally overwhelmed and then people are looking at me because I'm full of <laughs> tears and I'm like somebody sat in this chair <laughs> and they're like yes it's a chair but we don't know who this person was or the life they, they were a, living they had a life they loved they and lost. then they're like miss are you gonna buy something <laughs> are you just gonna cry all over my stuff yeah anyway what are we talking about today uh, I'm going to talk about compassionate eating. Compassionate mm. living, but compassionate eating, I think. Is that similar to veganism? Well, it's a way, that's one way of being. It's definitely a huge component. Not just veganism, but even just eating as much plant-based food as possible. Okay. I think. And that's like, it's like big now. Because, I mean, I was
0: always big, not to take away from your lifestyle choices. No, I
1: invented it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's,
0: it's kind of been a thing for you for like 20 years now, but it's super in the news all the time now because with the climate change issue, talking about how 70%, I just make stuff up by the way. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Random facts, but something like 70% of greenhouse gases are caused by farting cows. Is that true? You're nodding. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So maybe all of us should look to eat much, much, Less meat, especially cows.
1: Uh, I just would like cows to stop eating so much Good. <laughs> <if> they could. <laughs> Guys. That might have came
0: out wrong. Because it's not just about the climate change. At like, least cows are vegan. Sorry. Well, what I meant was about the chicken. So my son, Elliot, when he went to camp, which I paid good money for, his camp counselor tent guy showed him pictures. I don't know if they were laminated or how... He kept them so fresh of
1: uh, factory farming and chickens. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, those tent a, guys, they're the worst. That is
0: exactly <laughs> what an eight-year-old needs to see. <laughs> and he came home vegetarian. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it's not just about the farting cows. It's about compassion to the animals as well.
1: I, I think, like, the first... I stopped eating chicken first before I stopped eating anything else, which is interesting because a lot of people I talk to who know that I am vegan will tell me like, yeah, I don't eat meat either. I only eat chicken, but I only stopped eating chicken first because we raised chickens uh, in Shonigan Lake. Right. So it was like personal. No, they're just disgusting. Oh, okay. They're so gross. They have lice. They eat their own poop. They hump inanimate objects. Which I guess for some people is like, oh, look how dumb they are. It's okay to eat them. But for me, I was like, I don't want to eat something that disgusting. So I wasn't trying to be nice. I was just really grossed out and turned off.
0: I find chicken disgusting in general. Like the meat, like maybe this is too much information for our listeners. But We're going to
1: get hate mail from like chicken manufacturers. Yeah.
0: Don't (laughs) at us, chicken manufacturers. It's just the whole like, um, you buy the, I don't know, the whole grizzle muscle bone thing. It's just, I prefer to eat tofu, to be honest. If I'm gonna have like any kind of stir fry or anything that you can make chicken with, mm-hmm. you can put tofu, and it's just fantastic. Especially yeah. if you buy the pre-fried, pre-fried tofu. Num, num, oh, num, it's num. so good, so
1: good. Yeah. Well, I became vegetarian, not vegan, but I was vegetarian when I was 18 from watching one of those documentary videos, and that was in 1806. So I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where I even got a hold of this because this was pre. Like, when you had to Free go YouTube. rent the actual VCR in the suitcase? I have no idea where I came across this. Because, like, we didn't even have internet at our houses then. We didn't have no. computers or anything. So I don't even remember. Maybe it just happened to be on TV or Perhaps something. Perhaps it was
0: on PBS or something.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think we lived on Mace. That No, we lived on whatever street that was that you and I both lived at together. Scott Street. Yeah. And so I saw this documentary about um, chickens and how they're treated and raised and that horrified me and so then I decided I wasn't going to eat any meat that wasn't organic and locally farmed and well treated and free run which was pretty rare back then but we lived in a small city and yeah. there wasn't a ton of health food stores and there was like I don't know one or two and they were super expensive and I was an 18 year old waitress so I couldn't afford to if i could even have found it i've right. even known where and i certainly couldn't afford it i'm sure so i just didn't end up eating meat for like three years and then i remember moving to vancouver to the mainland where you could actually have better access to this yeah. sort of stuff and i was super excited and i bought a chicken and ate it and was violently ill not because i don't think chicken's that hard to process i just like It it just grossed me out. Like, I just did not. I don't know. My body was just like, no. Not, I don't think my body was allergic to it or anything. It's just like, I wasn't used to it. And then... um, Sometimes
0: when I don't know what to say, I just say, yeah, no. Yeah. Like covering all bases. yeah. yeah. mm I
1: do agree and disagree with you. Yeah. I validate. I see both
0: sides of the argument.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, and then I started getting really turned off of things like milk and eggs when I was pregnant, which I did not foresee happening. But I just remember, I have a very vivid memory of putting eggs in the frying pan. And then there was two together and I went, oh, twins. And then I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) They're not fertilized, the ones you buy at the grocery store. But for some reason, then I just got really turned off eggs.
0: As you know, for like 20 years ago, 30 years now, I guess, I don't like those little white things in the eggs. Aren't they gross? They're so gross. It's like egg snot. To this day. Thank you, Jen. I never thought about it like that. To this day I s- scoop them out. Yeah, they're gross. Yeah. Don't even know what they are. What is it? I don't know. It's like an
1: umbilical cord? With my I, baby. That's I don't know. Oh not. no, it's not. It's not. It's not. They're not fertilized. It isn't. It's just eggs not. I don't know. Okay. Must there so, be one in every egg? And then the milk thing too, like once you start I guess sorry listeners who don't lactate, but that and then, like, going to drink milk and being so very, very aware of where that milk was coming from, and like visualizing, not on purpose, but like suddenly having these intrusive yes. visions of where this milk came from. And then I just got so grossed out. But I kept eating other dairy products like ice cream and yogurt and stuff, and um, milk in a latte, things that weren't right. so obvious until how old would I have been? I was 40, so like nine years ago. Okay. As you know, Nancy, I was in the hospital, I had 12 blood transfusions and 6 immunoglobulin-something-or-other transfusions of different Uh, kind of blood. Immunoglobulin, I think they call it. Because I had autoimmune hemolytic anemia, and the doctors could not determine why that happened. It was an incredibly scary time because they were very honest with me when it was happening. So they would literally tell me, we don't know if you're going to live till tomorrow and this is your blood is killing itself faster than we can
0: replace, it. replace I remember it, it.
1: it and we don't know why and so even once I was in the clear and started to get better and my um, hemoglobin started the counts are going up and everything they couldn't figure out where why that had happened my understanding is it happens sometimes as a, an aside from a different disease, like a different autoimmune disease. Yeah, I remember they
0: were talking about lupus at the time, but you, My you weren't. My doctor's convinced
1: I have lupus, but like one of the markers never came out. There's a marker that I'm not testing positive for, so they can't officially call, call it lupus. That. So okay. they She calls me lupusy, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is not a thing. And then the other way that this can happen is if you... How, like contract some kind of a virus and your body attacks it but it the cells of this virus or whatever i'm obviously a biologist you can <laughs> you can tell with my, the little round <clears throat> things those little things things inside may have very closely resembled a red blood cell so my body okay attacked it as well when it finished attacking the virus was like oh wait guys there's more over here <laughs> and like some, started with that but the thing is i have other symptoms of just dumb autoimmune stuff that many people with a broad range of these disorders and diseases have. So they're pretty sure it's coming from a different disorder. They just can't pinpoint which one. It is terrifying to know that it could come back at any time or might attack a different part of your body. So after it happened, I just really decided to do everything I personally could with the knowledge I had to try and be as healthy as I possibly could and to try and boost not boost, because my immune system is, was obviously overactive, but like to maybe balance is a better word. And I happened to come across Alicia Silverstone's book, The Kind Life.
0: I have it. Right I think I might the have The time. Kind Diet. Is there two books? Maybe it's The Kind Diet. Okay. Okay.
1: Hmm. anyway right. yeah yeah no and <laughs> what it's called. <laughs> yeah no they have it downstairs which I thought was so cool Her, that book is very informative there's it's very well of,
0: balanced yeah and comprehensive yeah
1: and there's a lot of information a lot of science and evidence back based facts and then there's recipes and then she is kind even in the writing of the book which is that she's not anti-omnivore like she's not mean about it and there's and the book is divided in ways of like for people who want to go like hardcore right like all whole foods, um, plant-based diet, people who are dabbling in vegan, and then people who just want to like have less meat in their diet or less dairy. So, I think it's a pretty, pretty great book for anyone really, just who's interested in having a healthier life. But um, after I read that, I decided to eliminate all animal products from my diet, which is not to say that I have never eaten a cannoli since two thousand and ten. <laughs> uh, I have. It's just incredibly rare. It's almost never that I will eat something that has dairy in it. And I never buy it. I never cook it.
0: uh. My trainer says, my trainer's vegan. And she says, nothing with eyes like me. That's how she, because I asked her if she ate fish. Nope, nothing with eyes like me. So I thought it was a pretty good way of defining what, you you know, what is veganism. and, And because so many people are like, oh I'm vegan but I eat fish or they might not say that as much as anymore it's more like the vegetarian thing mm. or I'm a pescatarian because I eat fish or I'm vegetarian but I still eat chicken white yeah. meat
1: yeah and I don't I don't get hung up on labels but but I, I've had a lot of people say oh well, me too I'm vegan except <laughs> for I eat fish and I'm like yeah, okay <laughs> oh, that's you're vegan that's cool um and even when i first started i think i didn't cut out honey right away but then i just watched like a beekeeping show because i was like oh cool look at these beekeepers it's local honey and then i was like those poor bees no this is not okay either
0: so for Um, you it really is it's not just about health it there is a, a real compassionate element about it
1: yeah and so there's health which you know there's tons of evidence to back that up and um and then I think the compassionate part, too, sort of um, grew out of the more you learned, the more you. Yeah. And it's sort of all encompassing because it's not just about compassion for the animals. It's and, and all sentient beings, but it's like compassion for the planet, compassion for other people. And lately, more and more, especially as I'm trying to be more mindful of what I'm Not just putting in my face, but like everything I'm buying. Right. Um, Trying to be more aware. Yeah, and less wasteful and contribute less to harmful things in the environment. You know, that this is about being compassionate on a bigger scale than just, than just the animals who I do care for. And I don't understand how people are, don't like, I, and I'm not the kind of vegan. I'm tired of people being like, Oh, like an annoying vegan. Like I, I'm sure there are annoying vegans, but I'm not the person who tells other people how to eat. Like I will, I will, if they ask me to, but I don't push it on other people. And not because I don't think that people should know. Cause I do. Cause I have meat eating friends who Tell me, like, I I don't want that pushed in my face. I don't want to see those videos. You guys are messed up. That's so dramatic. I've never made anyone look at pictures or videos of animal cruelty. But when I hear someone saying that to me, all I hear them saying is, I want to stay ignorant. Right. I don't want to know what I'm eating. And if I don't have to see it, then I don't have to do anything about it. So I would never force that on anyone. But when someone says that to me, my back goes up a little bit because I'm like, hmm. The only reason why I don't show that stuff to people or force the issue is because I don't think that's the way to raise awareness. Like for right. me, personally, in my experience, people are much more likely to learn if you're just sharing information with them and not trying to make them feel bad. Imagine that. <laughs> like, I don't So actually having
0: compassion for the people, too. Exactly. That are so ignorant. Yes. Which and is me. I am not. I eat meat. And part of me wishes know, I'm just going to be totally honest. I haven't really thought about it. On this one, we're not on the same page, Jen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen once in a while, listeners. But don't and you think
1: if you were to think about it, it would be, it's going to happen organically less than it's going to happen if I try and make you feel like a monster for yeah, not doing Yeah, absolutely. It? And there's part of me that
0: feels like it's on my should list. I should do this. Like I should meditate, which is our next episode. <laughs> but I should meditate. I should, we should eat more plant food. And it comes down to the fact that I have a family of five and all the other four people worship meat. The incredible uphill battle I have to have one or two nights a week. I came home with vegetarian lasagna the other day and there was almost a walkout. Like Renaud was like visibly angry. Like, what were you thinking? You know, I had a big day at work. You knew I had a meeting at two that I was stressed about. And I come home to vegetarian lasagna.
1: And I was like,
0: I think I'm going to call Jen. Like, we're calling Jen. <laughs> and you can explain to her, like, how, like, emasculated you are right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. We had a huge fight about it. And I was just like, we still joke about the vegetarian lasagna night when everything fell apart around here. And so I'm not quite... If I go and I watch those documentaries, which I know what they are. There's like Food, Inc. There's a whole bunch of different ones. I see them on Netflix. I'm going to have a real problem because I am going to have conflict. I will not want to. Maybe I'll convince one or two people in the family to try it. But the other ones, nope, nope. And then I'm cooking
1: two meals, a meat meal and a vegan meal. I have a tip for you, but you can use it or don't use it but I've never had a vegan partner. Oh, right. Joe's not vegan. No. And, um, well, my ex was vegan for a very short while just because I was, but basically my thing was, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to cook it. Right. But I'm not going to tell you not to. And then with older kids, maybe you won't say I'm not going to buy it, but Something I used to do with my kids just when they didn't like anything I made, for example. Like Chloe would be like, oh, mushrooms. Ugh, you know I hate mushrooms. But between all my kids, everyone hated something. Right. So once they reached an age like 10, 11 years old that they were able to help cook in the, res- in the restaurant. Jesus, I don't know why. <laughs> I just invented a restaurant for myself. Nope, I'm going to say the word restaurant. That's why. Um, once they reached a certain age, I said... You know, I'm going to plan the meals for the week on this day before I go grocery shopping. Uh, If you want any say in what we're eating, you can choose the days that you're cooking. And I will buy whatever you need me to buy for your thing that you're making. And I won't complain, even if I don't like it. I'll eat the parts I like and I won't eat the parts I don't. But that's your night that you get to choose what we're eating and, and but you're cooking it. And when they were really little, it was like I would help them right. cook it, but it was there. they had to choose what it was and tell me what the ingredients were, and they definitely... They were like the
0: project manager.
1: Yeah, and what's really interesting about that is that one of my kids is now a cook at Tuck Shop, and the other two just really were like, you know what, it's cool, you can just make whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Annie made great salad dressing, but aside from that, she wasn't very interested in participating. So, But she learned pretty fast that like there wasn't room for her to... Complain about it if she wasn't going to be one of the people that was contributing to the meals. So
0: I have a hard time because it's Renault, right? And Renault is out there, as he would like to say, bringing home the apples. Mm -hmm. He's the one that goes out and works nine, ten hours a day. It's not
1: apples and you know it. And he's, (laughs) it's true,
0: (laughs) the bacon. And I do have a problem with him going out there, being like the primary breadwinner, coming home after nine hours Mm -hmm. and me saying, here's your tofu, seven nights a week. And he really just wants a steak. Mm-hmm. So that's, just to be honest, that's the conflict that I have is, I don't know if it would be different if I worked full-time. If we both worked full-time and we both made the same amount of money because I have money issues, mm-hmm. then
1: would maybe I would you? feel
0: like I would have more power to say like, you want meat, you buy it, you cook it. But there's, when we're talking about this whole idea of compassion, I can't believe I'm saying this. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode I have to have some compassion for him too, which is that he likes to eat
1: meat. So that's where my compassion for other people who don't are not on the same page as me about this comes in is that I understand that they grew up this way and understand that they were conditioned to this and this is what they're used to and, and that they don't understand this concept or at least not yet and that I might not be the one to be able to shed any light on it for them. So I don't hate on these people. Like I'm not, I'm like I said, I'm not that angry person who's going to tell everyone who eats me that they're a monster because I understand, I understand why they're eating it. I totally get that. It's just that I feel like I'm not going to change. I'm not going to compromise my values for that person. So I have literally been invited to dinner somewhere uh, where the people they asked me to dinner even though they know that I don't eat animal products and then they started being like well what like what are we going to be able to feed you will you eat fish at least but it's like but you're <laughs> inviting me to dinner you don't have yeah, to yeah. Well, i didn't invite myself it's over it's like
0: inviting an alcoholic over and saying well you're you're just going to ha- you're at least
1: you're going to have one glass of wine right yeah. like come on don't don't inconvenience us <laughs> don't ruin us like this. the whole dinner yeah and the funny thing is it's like I'm not making you don't do more work. It's just like, you don't have to cook the meat part. Right. (laughs) Like it's, I'm not. Anyway, it's interesting. And the only time, I think the only time I get frustrated is when someone who doesn't understand what I'm doing or why I'm doing it is confrontational about it. Right. Like I don't understand when they're like, oh yeah, well, where do you get your protein? I was going to ask you that. Not because, because I know where you get your protein, but... Before
0: we wrap the episode up, that's the one question that everybody says. Everyone. Where do you get your protein?
1: Everyone. And here's two things. How are one. you
0: even walking around, Jen?
1: <laughs> you believe know, I'm not laying on the floor. Falling over. Actually, I'll, I'll say, I have three things to say about that. I had one, to wake her up twice already. <laughs> I keep <laughs> nodding off. You can't tell because she's editing this, but, um, no, not only do I not eat meat, but I boxed for an hour before I came here and I survived barely there's three things. One is the average North American, uh, eats about, I think it's twice the protein they need in a day. So that's a lot more than you actually need. Um, very few. I think it's something like 3% of Americans are protein deficient, but over 97% are lacking even the minimum recommended amount of fiber. Right. And I've never asked a carnivore what, like, I don't care. There's not one part of me that ever thinks when I see someone eating a burger, I've never once gone, oh my God, where are you getting your fiber? (laughs) (laughs) like, are you okay? (laughs) Do you go to the bathroom? Like, I don't, I don't. So I find it fascinating that, that people even ask me that in the first place. It's very simplistic and ignorant. Yeah. And also, and then the ones who are like, oh girl, I can't be vegan. I hate tofu. Like, okay, there's protein in nuts and seeds and beans and lentils and potatoes have an unusual amount of protein mushrooms like lots of vegetables have protein in it so and i I obviously i don't usually list these things because i know usually this person doesn't actually want to know what plant-based foods have protein in them but um but yeah it's it's pretty surprising maybe you
0: could get a little index card laminated (laughs)
1: like the tent guy I from could. my kids' camp. I can have the chickens on one on side, side and then all the protein. That's right. That's whole right. foods on We're the other side.
0: We're here to help. Yeah. Ask us anything, listeners. Yeah. We'll find a solution for you.
1: Yeah. I'm, I am curious to know. Here's one thing I can't relate to and I don't understand. I am compassionate about the thing where I understand that people work, are conditioned to eat a c- certain way and have been raised to believe that this is the way to do it. What I don't understand is the people who get upset. When they can't have it, like, I'm I'm not sure what they're associating with it. Like, I don't understand. Like, I know you made a joke and said that Renault felt emasculated. it's status. Renault,
0: really? I think it's status. I think that people who eat meat see it subconsciously anyway as a sign of status and wealth. And when you are denied it, you're being denied your status,
1: really? your entitlement.
0: I really believe that.
1: So I always find it weird when people are like I can't live without my meat it's like okay well technically you can, Te- but, I can. <laughs> actually but that's another story. Without your story so why do you feel that way like yeah oh that's interesting
0: I feel like I know that intuitively because I can take or leave it because I don't have that belief but mm-hmm. I see it in other people and I think that that's what it is with Renault. like if he was here right now thank god he's not I say that all day long from nine to five people But I think he would not admit that. He would say, that's not it. It's I actually don't know what he would say. Perhaps I will ask him. But I was reading something, I think it was on marketing. You know, the underlying research of manipulating people to buy things. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things is status.
1: Wow. The interest, oh, and then the other comment I often get from people is like, it's natural, our natural instinct is to eat meat, which I, I can't remember, oh, I, Gonna find his name because I'm so embarrassed not to remember this speaker's name. But there is a huge advocate for vegan lifestyle who, whose answer to that is, I bet you like all the money in the world. I'm misquoting him, but something along these that's lines. That's okay. That's
0: what we do here. Mis- that's cool. Her people. Thing,
1: that if you put a toddler in a playpen with a piece of fruit and a rab live rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> The toddler's instinct is going to be to eat the apple, not the rabbit kind of thing. You know, which isn't to say that we never ate meat, but just, like, to say that our our instinct. Right. And also, we've evolved. Like, that's the exciting thing. Like, we did a lot of weird stuff. We did. Yeah. (laughs) And we've evolved quite a bit. So there's that also. I think that a lot of people are numbed and... Like there's a lot of people who live in, uh, live. It takes real
0: effort to change. If that's one thing you and I both know. Oh my god, <laughs> It takes real okay, effort to change. Seriously, seriously. Yeah.
1: But also I was going to say there's people who work in slaughterhouses who are completely numbed out to it. And like, and some of them are just conditioned and don't even see what they're doing anymore. And some of them are monsters for real. Some of them are just doing their job and they've been doing it so long. It just doesn't even register what's going on. But I think the average person, if they had to go in, if Renault had to walk in, right. And, like, take a terrified animal and see it in its actual state, kill it and butcher it himself and bring it home, put it on the table and eat it, I think that he wouldn't eat it as often, you know? Like, (laughs) Yeah. And, I I mean, there's people who...
0: Or, um, like, he wouldn't think... Because he has done that. He has hunted. And I'm probably not supposed to tell all his secrets on this public (laughs) podcast. But he did... I think once or twice he's killed a deer. And I don't know if it was the first time but he didn't mortally wound it and he shed a tear when he actually had to walk up and look in its eyes and do it that said we ate the meat
1: for a year Mm -hmm. you know we had deer okay but that's and that's. I'm really happy you brought that up actually because that I think is so much more compassionate a way to eat than going to the grocery store and tossing And being so far removed. And so what I was going to say before, too, about the compassionate eating is that it's not just about that animal. It's, for me, a huge part of it because these animals have thoughts and feelings and And pigs are super smart. They are. And and sharks, fish, like so many animals, cows. Not just the dumb ones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And aside from the part that when we are farming them, we keep them in horrible conditions and we treat them terribly and then they're terrified whatever that when we're when they're being slaughtered can
0: you imagine the amount of cortisol that a terrified animal is and i'm not in any way like a doctor not a doctor or biologist or anything smart but the cortisol is going to be going flooding the, the their body when they're killed into their I assume their meat and their muscles and then we're eating it. it we're is. eating
1: cortisol. It is. A lot of people won't eat meat even just because that they don't want to eat like fear. Right. They don't want that inside their own self. That
0: makes that makes real sense to me that
1: part. Yeah. And even I know that a lot of people are vegetarian and that's beautiful and wonderful but aren't vegan and don't understand and I'm one of those people. It wasn't until I d- made the choice to be vegan and started doing research that I realized Okay, I'm gonna say this. You can edit it out if you want. I'm just gonna be super honest. That like that cows are kept in these horrible circumstances. They're kept pregnant so that they'll keep providing milk, but the babies are taken away either to be milk cows or to be eaten. Even the ones that are gonna be eaten are then bottle bottle filled bottle fed their mother's milk instead of being allowed to be with their mom. Like, it's just such a weird, and then they put the things on. Like, no, it's just, atro- it's really, it's, it's atrocious. Gross. It's really yeah. gross. So. And I remember a dinner where
0: we talked about that with yeah. Bruno, and he said, no, no, they don't do that. Yeah. And I remember the look on your face, like, I'm not even going to, you mm. weren't mad. You were just like, I'm not even going to like take this baby. No, like, because
1: the thing is, I knew that. But he, what we were describing. Yeah. Was so horrific.
0: In his mind, he's like, "That would never be allowed. Stop it, you guys. You're crazy."
1: But so many people but think that. I just seen the video. Yeah, I just seen the video yeah. of the. But you know what, Nancy? This is the thing. People, I feel sorry for people because I remember my sister feeding her kids hot dogs and Froot Loops when they were little, and us having a conversation one day where I was like, "You know, this is really not healthy." Like, and and telling, like, trying to show her what kind of chemicals and stuff were right. in this food, and. She was so sweet and so innocent. She said, but they wouldn't put it in the grocery store if it was bad for you. They wouldn't be allowed to put it in the grocery store. It's just like all these beauty products that we buy. Oh, God, right. I watched the movie Stink the other day. My I'm, My life is ruined. But anyway, that are so harmful to us. And so many people buy... We're super naive. Yeah. Trusting the government. Assuming that the government would never let us put this in, on, and around our bodies or in our water systems or anything else, you know, if there was anything bad in it. And some of it is so evil. I think people do have sort of a naivete about them where they just... Blindly trust the officials, the authorities. If it was this horrible, they would never let this happen. But it's so sad that that's not at all the truth. The thing is that when Renault was saying that's not possible, there was like obviously the part of me who wanted to go, Do you just think that all cows just stand around lactating for no reason? (laughs) Like that there's no hormonal process to this? But there was also, I could just see there was no way he wanted. To hear the truth, and I just don't like. I prefer to just be and, like, I'm yeah. gonna, not gonna. This uh, this is not my job. This is not gonna. And
0: I would like to point out, I have always have a vegan option for you when I invite you for dinner. God, and
1: you're the best cook.
0: And I also have the vegan meal with you,
1: and yeah, that's most true. often
0: Elliot will too. Yeah, that's true. And Natalia will have half and half. It is Louis and Elliot, Norris, sorry, Louis and Renault that are the diehard carnivores.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I'm surprised actually about Louis because I find he's such a softy. I he is. I think maybe what we need to do is get Louis watching those movies, those documentaries. Start with something a little bit less intense. Like Forks Over Knives, I think is a really great one for. I mean, there's obviously okay. So people. that's that's a little thing that we can because they have mentioned. they show you the truth. Like it's not fun to see, but they show you the truth. But they also talk about all the different stuff. Like I, the, you know, the medical side of it, the, like, you know, I'm it's gonna balanced. I'm the whole family to watch it. It's well balanced.
0: Because I think we're going to try to go two, three meals a week. You know what? I'm going to bring home a vegetarian lasagna again if it kills me.
1: <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you just being like, I don't know. You could start. There's people who just have meatless Monday and then they do like the whatever. And then your kids can complain or whatever and not eat if they don't it's want to. It's not my but...
0: kids I'm worried about. I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's not Louis that needs to watch Forks and Knives. I think everybody does. And I think we're going to watch it as a family, including Renault.
1: Oh, and I think also they... T- I haven't watched it in a long time and I've watched a lot. So they get a bit jumbled. But there's also, I think, a pretty good amount of balance between the medical part, the cruelty to animals, and the actual effects on the environment. So, and I'm a huge fan of the movement lately of like getting people to try and really pay attention to the whole process of where their food came. So I don't just mean meat, I'm talking vegetables too. Right. Like, where was it grown and how? is it organic what is it a monsanto mutant thing were the laborers fair treated fairly you know is how far did it drive yeah what were the environmental repercussions to it's being processed and then traveled to you and then what is it being packaged in and how did that packaging come to be you know like really putting a lot of thought into how did that carrot even get on your plate right know, and is it even healthy and how many people were harmed just to put that there and with meat, especially the part where I, I can't... One part that is really hard for me is seeing how much of it goes in the garbage or how much of it is just mindlessly shoveled into faces, like fast food style, super right. size, whatever. Like I said, I can be compassionate about somebody eating meat, but when I see people ordering a big plate of meat and then throwing it in the garbage, my heart hurts so right. much that somebody lived a horrible life, was terrified to die, was killed and then thrown in the garbage like not even eaten thanks jen sorry
0: (laughs) just like have a really good day now but it's
1: just something to be mindful of when we order like if if we order food it's like am i just ordering "Mm, this sounds good this sounds good this sounds good it's like but will you eat it and if you don't finish it maybe like take it home and eat it for lunch tomorrow don't just be like oh i don't want to carry this around it's like that's nice but somebody died so you could eat them so please carry it home and eat it tomorrow or whatever
0: I had a story to tell, but since we're doing back-to-back episodes today, because you're going to Greece, mm-hmm. and so we need to get a few episodes in the bank.
1: Did I mention you were going to Greece? I will tell my story. I probably didn't hear if you did because I've been really distracted lately because uh, <laughs> I'm going to Greece on Thursday, so it's heavy on my mind.
0: All that packing, all that mm. sun Oh, I've been packed
1: for weeks. I will
0: tell my story at the beginning of episode seven, which is going to be on meditation. And so if you are listening to this episode when it comes out live, the meditation episode will come out next week. And if you're binging on the same page with Jen and Nancy, my story will be in the next episode. Jen, how can people get a hold of us?
1: They can find us on Instagram at on the same page pod.
0: That's right. And I am on Instagram, Nancy Murdoch,
1: N-A-N-C-I-M-U-R-D-O-C-K. I am on Instagram, Jennifer June Chapman. We are at OnTheSamePagePod.com. Where you will find all of the links, including our Patreon. Our Patreon is so awesome. You should subscribe to it because you get to listen to bonus episodes and bloopers and unedited footage of me being verbally abusive to Nancy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you'll also be getting ad-free episodes and you'll be like, but there are no ads. But we're gonna be starting. We just need to find a sponsor. We just need to find someone who we just
1: we just lost all, <laughs> all of the meat industry and dairy industry sponsors that were lined up. I guess we're not gonna get maple leaf bacon now. <sighs> Sorry
0: guys. All right, guys. See you I next week. Take care. Same I, I, I just wanna be
1: on the same day
0: on the same page podcast including show notes and links provides education and entertainment and is intended for information purposes only the information provided is not a substitute for medical advice diagnosis or treatment nor is it to be construed as such We cannot guarantee that the information provided on this podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a physician for any medical needs and always seek the advice of a qualified health professional for any of your mental health questions. On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Nancy Murdoch and Jen Chapman. Original Theme Music by Jen Chapman.
1: Wait, wait, wait. What? What? what what? I just wanted to say something else. All right, we're still here. If our listeners go to iTunes, mm-hmm. subscribe, and give us a five-star rating. That makes us way more visible so that other listeners can That's find true. us too.
0: That is the number one thing you can do to support the show is to go to iTunes and subscribe. And you'll get a notification every time there's a new episode. And the more subscribers that we have, it signals to iTunes to promote the show And they will suggest on the same page with Jen and Nancy to other listeners and spread the word.
1: And our community will grow and that will be so fun and exciting.